Welcome once again to our series on the book of Psalms. We're doing an expository teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter. The uh, book of Psalms is broken down into five books. And the first book is from chapters 1 to 41. And I think what we're going to do, uh, kind of a new uh, twist to this, is we're going to probably try to take them in 12-week segments and then also give you a study guide. So we're going to continue the series. We're glad you joined us. And today we're continuing our uh, message on Psalm chapter 6. We're going to talk today about the power of the Holy Spirit to heal, how he physically heals, how he touches bodies, how he transforms our lives, not just externally in circumstances or emotions, but actually our, our body, healing people from physical sickness. And this is a, a joyous message that shows the power of God for those children that he, for the children that he loves and also for lost people as we see demonstrations of the power of the Holy Spirit and healing signs and wonders throughout Jesus' ministry in the book of Acts. And even in the Old Testament here, we see the cry of David and his desire to be healed. Let's pray first and ask the Holy Spirit, not only just to have this message be something that would touch your heart, not just to have it be something that would... Uh, uh, intellectually encourage you not just to have it be something that would uh, fill our head knowledge with scripture although that's good to have but that it actually become a reality in our life that we would see the healing power of the Holy Spirit you may need that today you may need a supernatural touch and the Lord has just divinely orchestrated this moment in time for you to be here with us so that you could have your faith built be prayed over before this message is done and see the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to heal you. God still heals today. Hallelujah. We want to talk about that. Father, come now. Uh, give us power to preach the word, but also give us the power to pray in faith that there be supernatural divine healings. We believe that, as I said, there are divine appointments and people listening to this message today. And you don't just give out messages for us to have uh, more information, but you give out information for us to know and be built in faith. That, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Give us power to hear the word of God and then to act upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm chapter 6, verse 1, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. And we spoke about this in the past message, how David was dealing with uh, the concerns he had over his past and the many sins that he had committed. And he was wondering if he was going to always be under the rage of God. And he, yet he understood and saw and discovered the grace of God and the 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 unmerited favor of God in his life that came through repentance and came through uh, intimacy with the, the Father. But he goes on in verse 2 and he says, Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? Look at those words here in verse 2. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. He's speaking here of physical sickness. We see this throughout the Psalms where David is struggling, uh, not just emotionally, not just intellectually, not just relationally, not just circumstantially, not just with enemies coming in around him, but he was dealing with things in his own body that he was uh, in, in pain and agony. What does this do to the follower of Christ, the follower of God? Well, we see here in verse 6, I am worn out from sobbing all night, I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. And one of the enemies he listed here is, as we've talked about recently, sin. One of the other enemies is, is death. He's talking about that in the other verse and says uh, in verse uh, uh, 5, the dead do not remember you. Who can praise you from the grave? So he's, he's concerned about the enemy of death. He's concerned about the enemy of those who would attack him uh, around about him. 
Uh, and today we're talking about this enemy that he has, this sickness, heal me for my bones are in agony. And then verse, verse 8, it says, go away all who do evil. Wouldn't that be amazing if all who do evil, we could consider what the enemy's attack on your physical body, uh, something that we could pray like David, go away. You, you worker of evil, you Satan who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, to destroy our health, to steal our vitality, uh, to leave us in a place where, like David, we're having to cry out, have compassion, for I am weak, heal me, for my bones are in agony. You know, and then it goes on to say, the Lord heard my plea, and the Lord answered my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. And if one of the enemies we're talking about is physical sickness, if one of the enemies is, is death, one of the enemies is is, is what the enemy tries to do to our bodies, then David has a hope here at the, the end of this. And I know I've seen this like skipping ahead. We're going to go back and talk about some of the physical problems many of us are facing. But, but look what he says here, that all my enemies be disgraced and terrified, and they suddenly turn back in shame. This is the thing we see when we skip ahead to the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels. We see the word immediately being used so many times. A blind man was immediately healed. Some, uh, the the, the demon-possessed child who was throwing himself in the fire, Jesus touched him and he was immediately healed. The woman touches the hem of the garment and after 14 years of suffering, she was immediately healed. And, and I want to see the power of the Holy Spirit so unleashed in our lives and in our churches and in our ministry and on the streets and in our evangelism. There's such a wonderful working power of God that there's this sense of our enemies being destroyed, that a word, a prayer spoken over it, and that thing is demolished. And that's going to require in us a faith to believe that God actually does heal, that he's still in the miracle working business, that he's not a God who's changed from yesterday, today, and forever, but he's the same yesterday today and forever. He's going to be forever the God who heals, delivers, and sets free. And of course, until we're in heaven, then there's no more sickness, no more sorrow. But while we're here on earth, we're in this conflict of these two realms, these enemies that are working against us, and then the glory of God that is for us and not against us. So we wonder, what is God up to then in, in physical healing? And there are two different schools of thought. One is a cessationist, and it believes the gifts have ceased for today. So they would take a passage of Scripture, if you want to turn in your Bibles, to 1 Corinthians. This is where those who follow the teaching of the cessationist, that the gifts have ceased today, or the gift of healing has ceased for today, or the healing working power of God, or the signs and wonders that Jesus did in his ministry, that the apostles did, that the 72 that he sent out did, that the elders in the church, when they pray for the sick, are doing today. Uh, this gift of healing, particularly as we're talking about sickness today. And in Corinthians 13, the cessationists will say, um, there are many of these gifts, tongues and interpretation that are described here. Uh, but then in verse 10 it says, but when the, the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. And so what they're saying is when the old things pass away, like the apostles, the, the ones who were the 12 that were given this authority to go out and lay hands on the sick and they would recover uh, when they were gone, then the word of God would come. And what they say is when the last of the scripture uh, letters were written and put together in the form of a canon or of a, of a contained 
scriptural, what we call the Bible today. Once that was completed, then the Holy Spirit no longer needed to do these supernatural signs and wonders, these powers, because uh, we now have the Word of God, the more perfect coming. I believe that's a very poor understanding of Scripture there. there uh, this, this perfection coming, I believe, is, is our eternal future, our, our heavenly glory, uh, not the, the Bible itself, although the Bible is a perfection. But in, that, in the text there, there's nothing said there that says anything about the gift ceasing there. As a matter of fact, it would be strange for him to say in chapter 13, the gifts have ceased, when in all he did in chapter 12, and then again carrying into chapter 14, is talking about how the church can use the gifts, how the church can be thriving in the gifts, how the church can be used to, even in, in chapter 14, it talks about when an unbeliever walks into your congregation and hears the words of prophecy, they're going to be convicted. When they hear the tongues, they're going to be understand that God is, is speaking to them. They're going to say, God is truly in your midst. Paul, the apostle, is advocating for the spiritual gifts to be part of the normal church's life, part of the normal Christian's life. And this is so exciting. Not only can we pray that the Lord would heal us, but we can pray for others that there be healing as well. To see this kind of cry of David, uh, I am sick. Heal, heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. He's being honest with God because he knows the heart of God. Now, he didn't know it in fullness. He had intimacy with God. He had a heart after God. He understood the, the character and nature of God. He had many deep things of God that we can appreciate the Psalms for. But it wasn't until Jesus came where the full expression of the Father took place. We see this in, in several verses. Let me read just a few to you. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So the deity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit lives in Christ in bodily form. And so when, and Jesus said this, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's not like the Father uh, doesn't do these things and Jesus does. They're one. And you see this continuation in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit doing these miracle-working powers, this demonstration of the love of God. And we see that in Christ, that, that the way he acted is a representation, the exact representation of who the Father is. That's what the next verse says in Hebrews 1, 3. It says, He is the exact representation. And so He's representing the Father exactly as the Father is. So when we see that He had compassion on the masses, when He saw that they were hungry and He began to feed them and His heart went out for them, this is the heart of the Father, a heart of love, a heart of mercy, a heart of compassion, and a heart that wants to heal us when we're sick, a heart that wants to believe that God, us to believe that God can do great things. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. So we can see what God is like because Jesus is God. We're seeing Him on earth and we see Him touching the sick. And so for us to say that that has ceased, that, that's, that's uh, quenching the Holy Spirit. And we need to be careful about that very much and we need to understand we have to have faith in God the full expression of the Father is the healing touch of Jesus. That's one of the fullest expressions. The compassion, the salvation, the deliverance, the, the, the mercy of God. Jesus' healing passion is born out of his, the Father's love, the Father's compassion for us. And so when David's crying out here, have compassion on me, he's understanding somewhat of the Father heart of God. Although he doesn't know it, in the fullness that would come later through Jesus Christ, yet he looked forward to the work of Jesus prophetically. Uh, we get to see that today. It says that, that those who came before us long to see the things that we see. 
And that certainly is the cross, and that certainly is the blood of Jesus, and that certainly is salvation. And yet that salvation is also is, is, is working, the, the blood of Jesus is also working for our physical bodies as well, for our healing. And, the, and to, to say that the gifts have ceased today is to actually denounce the work that the Holy Spirit is doing around the world today. Just recently I've heard from, some, from uh, missionaries and uh, Christian leaders who are uh, national leaders of moves of God in, in wonderful places. And, and one in China has said 50% of all conversions to Christ in China are the result of faith healings. In other words, 50% of people that have come to know Jesus Christ came to know him as a result of them being prayed for uh, and them getting healed or one of their family members or a neighbor or them seeing a miracle take place. 50% of this millions upon millions of underground churches in China and millions and excuse me, millions and millions of Chinese Christians coming to know Jesus in the underground churches. They're, they're seeing this take place through the supernatural power of God of him healing bodies. And, and even more so, uh, one of the Christian leaders in Nepal says 80% of all conversions in, in Nepal are due to miracles, healings, and signs and wonders. 80% of what is taking place, and that's happening now even in Iran, the now many, uh, many missiologists say that in Iran that is now we find the largest and the fastest growing church, not the largest, but the fastest growing church in the world now. It uh, has surpassed China even now for the amount of growth. And there are literally thousands of people coming to Christ on a constant basis and being uh, knit together in small groups, hidden groups underground. Oh, the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. He's, he's working today. He's doing amazing things. And we want to join in that flow. We want to not resist it. We want, don't want doubt and discouragement and fear. And I tried to pray for somebody and they didn't get well. Or I was sick and I didn't get better. And, and, and just allow uh, some difficult experiences in our life to show, totally shut us off uh, to faith and to belief and to, to understanding that God is still working in power today. You see, when we, in John 10.10, when it says Satan comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Part of that is what David is facing here. Uh, if this sickness continues, it's going to put me in the grave. And so have compassion on me, Lord. Have mercy. Heal my body. And, and so he's understanding this work of the devil. It's killing, stealing, and destroying. And, but not only is Satan working to kill, and to steal, and destroy our physical bodies, but also our faith to believe that God heals physical bodies. He wants to discourage the belief that he can do great things. He, he wants us to lose uh, the sense that, uh, uh, that God is who he says he is and does what he says he does. We, he wants us to believe that God doesn't do what he says or bottom line, he can't be trusted. And if we can't trust God when it comes to the cry of our heart, heal me, Lord, for I'm in grief, I'm in pain, then we begin to categorize God. Well, he might touch me emotionally, or he might touch me uh, in a form of encouragement, or a, a word that makes my mind understand uh, rational things better, but maybe we don't begin to believe as deeply in the supernatural, that God is still working, that wonder-working power of God. And David, is, is his, his experience is that he's praying, but obviously whatever this ailment that he's facing is continuing in his heart, because he says, um, in verse 3, I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? And sometimes the enemy uh, 
gets us to a place where we get discouraged, we get downcast, that the Lord's not going to heal us, that we're going to continue to be sick the rest of our life, that, that or never, he never heals anybody. It's just psychosomatic or it's emotional moves and not really a move of, of God. And so we begin to cry out, how long, O Lord? But even that cry itself shows that glimmer of hope that's in your heart and in my heart, that we're still coming to God. He still has mercy. He still has compassion. And David, later on in the same text as we just read earlier, says, man, I just had this moment where I realized I can, I, can, I can proclaim, go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. You see, the transition here is from doubt and unbelief and fear and discouragement and, and saying, how long am I going to have this to, to this instant that comes? And now he's filled with faith saying, all right, this is my day. This is, this is my hour. This is my time. Go away, all this evil that's taking place, for the Lord's heard my weeping. The Lord heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. All my enemies will be disgraced and terrified. They, may they suddenly turn in shame. Go away all you do evil. Go away doubt. Go away unbelief. Go away cynicism. Go away um, my own sarcasm of, oh, that didn't happen or that really didn't happen. But instead, in its place, would come, come faith. Come joy. Come hope. Come belief. Come passion. Come new desire. Come new prayer. Come new faith to pray the, the, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous because it is that kind of prayer that availeth much. 1 John 1, excuse me, 1 John 3, verse 8, uh, one of the translations says it this way. I like how this translates it. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy what the devil does. Oh, I love that. What does the devil do? He kills, steals, and destroys. He brings doubt, fear, and unbelief. He causes us to be put in places where we don't believe these things can happen any longer. He, he gets us to have uh, poor theology where we where we begin to, to believe these, these gifts of the Holy Spirit have, have ceased. And again, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, we see the gifts, and, and some of those are powerful gifts, and one of them is the gift of healing. It says that he distributes gifts to some, to some prophecy, to some tongues, to some interpretation, and to some the gifts of healing. So not only can we ask, be like, here's the good news, not only can we be like David and say, Lord, uh, this has been a long time I've been feeling this, and it's causing groaning in my body. Would you please come and heal me? We can believe in faith of that. But what I'm even also excited about is not only can we believe that for ourselves, but we can believe that God can work through us to bring healing to others. We can do this in the church. The Bible says in James, uh, call on the elders of the church, let them anoint with oil and pray for the sick, and the sick will be healed. There is healing that will take place uh, from the elders in our church but it's not just the elders in the church. If you remember, it wasn't just the 12 either. Jesus sent the 72 out. These were not apostles. These were not the 12 disciples. These were crowds of people that had been touched by Jesus and that were following him. And he, and he gave them the power to see these signs and wonders as well. And now Paul is saying the church is going to be filled with men and women who see these supernatural things. You see, the church is meant to be a supernatural church. It's not just a doctrinal church, although our doctrine needs to be rich, real, vital, and alive. A fervent seeking after true doctrine, ridding ourselves of false doctrine, contending for the faith. But it's not just doctrine alone. It is the Holy Spirit accompanying that doctrine and making it alive through the supernatural power of God. Jesus demonstrated this, the perfect image representation of God. Jesus demonstrated this by, by, by giving the word of God, speaking words of life. But he accompanied those words of life with signs and wonders that follow. Paul did the same thing. The 12 did the same thing. The 72 did the same 
same thing. The early church did the same thing. The first century church did the same thing. The second century church did the same thing. And the church has been doing the same thing now for 2,000 years, seeing signs and wonders take place. Good news, it's not only in the church, but it's everywhere you go. You can find people who are sick. Yesterday, my wife and I were eating at a restaurant and wherever, wherever we go, whether it be a grocery store or the bank or the mall, a shopping center, or the park, uh, and restaurants, wherever we go, we pray before we go. As a matter of fact, I pray every morning. Lord, set up divine appointments. Lord, put me in front of people that are needing to hear a word from you, that are needing somebody to love on them, needing somebody to bring the gospel to them, needing somebody to pray for them. Uh, maybe in the circumstances might be an opportunity to, to open up a heart that has not, re, not yet responded to you. And so uh, just a quick example. Yesterday we were at a restaurant, and I just prayed, Lord, lead us to the right restaurant. We were going to lunch. Uh, but not only lead us to the right restaurant, but lead us to the right seat to sit in and the right waiter to come to us. And uh, the waiter comes up and, and asks us if we'd like something and um, uh, immediately says, uh, excuse me just a minute. Do you guys mind waiting just a minute? I have to go to the car. I have to get some, some pills. He goes, I'm in a lot of pain. And I was just like, there you go, Lord. We're... We're in the right seat. We're in the right place. And uh, I, I asked him, what's, what's, what's the pain from? And, and uh, he talked about kidney stones. And I said, well, let me pray for you. Let my wife and I pray for you. We believe that Jesus loves you and he, and, and he wants to heal you and, and touch your body. And I said, I don't know if you've ever heard anything like that before. And he, he says, you know, it's interesting. He said, I had a friend who was, was kind of like you, a Christian kind of guy. And he asked his pastor to come over to my part one time and pray for me because, and I said, why did he want to come pray for you? Particularly, he said, well, I, I had just been through a lot. I'd, I've had, I think, I think he said 28 different times where he's had to pass kidney stones. He had various forms of sickness, difficulties in his life. He didn't go into all the difficulties, but I could tell he had been through a lot. And he said, this pastor came and prayed for me. And now here you are right, right in the restaurant. We grabbed his hand and prayed for him right in the restaurant there. You see, we believe that God sets up divine opportunities and then he accompanies his word with his power. The preaching of the gospel and the demonstration of power joined together bring a great uh, not only presentation, but the presence of the gospel, the presence of Christ comes and dwells among us. So here's the good news I have for you today. Number one, that Jesus can heal you when you're sick. Some of you may be f- suffering today, a particular um, a- ailment, a, a disease, a chronic pain, something in your life that you just need that fresh touch of God, that healing power of God. And others would like to receive that kind of power that baptism of love for people. You see, these gifts are not, if you, if you understand Corinthians there, he's talking about the gifts twelve in chapter 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And 12 and 14, he's talking about the gifts. But in the middle of it, he sandwiches it with saying, all these things need to be operating in love. Matter of fact, it is, it is what bursts forth these gifts in powers when they are, are operating in love. Otherwise, they're just clanging symbols, noisy things, uh, just things we're trying to make happen but when love is attached to them, then they are functioning in their fullness. And so for me, I believe this is what I call a baptism of love. Uh, I don't pray for the sick. I need a baptism of love. I don't preach the gospel to the poor. I need a baptism of love. I don't reach out to lost people around me. I, I, I pass 100 people a day, and not one of them do I think about uh, sharing the gospel. I go, I go to the gym, and I just pump weights, but I don't uh, think of the person next to me needing a, a word of encouragement. And so we need that baptism of love. And then when we have that baptism of love, the baptism of the Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit to ignite those gifts. You remember Timothy, he had to have his hands laid on, had hands laid on him again to, say, to, to, to rekindle that gift that was 
placed upon you when we laid hands on you and prayed for you, that gift of evangelism. And so the Bible says earnestly desire spiritual gifts uh, and even the greatest gifts. So there should be a desire in your heart, Lord, I want to see evangelism. I want to see healing. I want to see signs and wonders. I want to see prophetic words. I want to see words of knowledge. I want to see the gifts move so that people are healed and lost people come to Jesus when they are saved, like we're reading about, hearing about in, in China or in Nepal, where more than half the church is, has, has come into the kingdom through these things. That can happen here in America. That can happen in the Western world. And I believe if we allow it to happen through a baptism of love and a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see the church ignited once again to the things God has for us. The spiritual declension that our nation is could be, that tide could be turned when we trust the Holy Spirit's power, if we're relying on gimmicks, if we're relying on church growth methodologies, if we're relying on events only, if we're relying on programs in our church, so relying only on projects, then we're not going to see the power. We need the power, not just the project. We, we need not just a five-year plan, but we need the program of the Holy Spirit. We need to see God move. And I want to pray for you now. If you are, are sick, would you just believe God right now? If it's a physical thing, maybe it's a heart, a, a tumor, a, a cancer, uh, uh, lung, uh, knees, back. I just want you to place your hand right there. Uh, an old word I used, I heard when I was young was in proxy, meaning someone's, the elders aren't there to stand with you right at this point, but, but your, your own hand is representing the hand of an elder, myself and others, believe in God for you to pray over you right now. So Father, in the name of Jesus, where we reach out and touch that area, uh, even broken hearts, Lord, as, as David said here, was his body, but also his heart was sick. And Lord, some are touching their heart right now or their mind because of depression and discouragement. And we include these as well. And also, Lord, for knees and backs and, and cancers and, and, uh, and various diseases, the, the throat, the neck, the, the, the chronic headache, the, uh, Lord, whatever it is, you know already. And you have set up this divine appointment. Lord, I talk about a lot about the divine appointments I have at restaurants or at the gym and other places. But Lord, here now, even in this studio, is a divine appointment that you have given me with those who are listening to this message. And this message was not meant that to be just an intellectual uh, view of the Scripture's principles on healing. This message was given by the Holy Spirit to me so that it could penetrate through those who were, to those who are listening and, and Lord, do what it did for David when he began to cry out, you've heard my prayer, and my enemies are fleeing now. They're immediately, they're, they're quickly fleeing from me, Lord. And we pray now, just the, the enemy of, of uh, satanic attacks of our physical bodies would go now. We pray this over our spouses. We pray it for our children. We pray it for our mothers and our fathers, for, for our, our closest friends, for the, our coworkers. And Lord, we're praying for it for those who... Uh, we would like to see the gospel break through their hearts. They are unbelievers. They're in doubt. And Lord, where the, the presence of the Lord is to move in power, we can see in that place, Lord, that people say, truly God is in your midst. And they turn, they repent. They repent of their sins and they turn to Jesus Christ, their only hope, their only life. Now, Father, we thank you for this healing power. We thank you that many lives are touched here through this message today. And I ask you, God, for grace to this one more prayer. Lord, would you give us a fresh baptism of love? 
Let your Holy Spirit power fall upon us once again and help us see through the lens of Jesus, just as Jesus saw through the lens of the Father. He saw what the Father was doing, and he moved in faith, believing that, the, the, that there would be... Uh, demons would be cast out and bodies would be raised from the dead and uh, captives set free and bodies be healed and, and uh, uh, just a cleansing of leprosy. All these things that Jesus did, Lord, you have given us. The, 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 we, are, we are sons of, 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 of God, sons of the Most High, and in this we can say yes to the plans and purposes you have for us. So God, release in, in us and those who are hungry, who desire earnestly desire spiritual gifts, then, then I pray we would earnestly desire those gifts that would be most effective in touching the world and touching our nation because America is in a free fall, downslide, uh, just moving of quickly in rebellion from God. And Lord, I believe one of the remedies you could have, there are many, the preaching of the gospel, faithfulness, our testimony. But part of this also, Lord, part of the 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 buffet, so to speak, that you've given us is, is the supernatural Holy Spirit power working in miracles to open up people's eyes to the love of God, to the power of God, to the reality of God. So we're asking for these gifts to be manifest in our lives and, and then give us faith and boldness, a fearlessness to not be bound by doubt and unbelief and fear, but give us a boldness, Lord, to everywhere we go. We are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and we are praying for the sick and believing for signs and wonders to follow. That's, that's who we are as your children. We have that inheritance from, 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 from Jesus Christ. Lord, as you've <clears throat> passed this on to us, uh, Lord, we, we've inherited this and now we want to operate in it, not just see it dormant, not put a basket over the light, but Lord, let this light be uh, ve not veiled, but Lord, revealed in powerful ways we give thanks. So we thank you right now for many who have been healed. And we thank you for those of many who now have been encouraged to have that fresh touch from the Holy Spirit to believe God for these works of power in their life. And we give thanks for this in Jesus' name, amen. If you have uh, sensed the Holy Spirit has touched you or if you can physically tell something's different, you might even wanna to go to the doctor, have it checked out. If you've seen a miracle in your life, because of what you've heard today. Would you just send us a quick message? You can uh, find us uh, uh, at worldchallenge.org. That's our website. Uh, you can get a hold of us there. And we'd, we'd love to hear more of your testimony. Or if you uh, need prayer for this baptism of love, I would be more than honored to continue to pray over you. Or if you have a testimony of how God's used you through praying for the sick and seeing others uh, come to know Jesus Christ through the the demonstration of power, as Paul called it, as the New Testament calls it. Uh, feel free to write us, uh, whether it be a prayer request or a praise report. Love to hear from you. Thank you for continuing to listen to us as we share this message on uh, the book of Psalms. And it's surprising how much Psalms has to do not just with Old Testament principles, proverbs, ideas, opinions, doctrines, but it actually brings alive the New Testament. It brings alive the life of Christ as it speaks forward of things to come and uh, that, we, particularly through the life of David, we see that heart after God, it represents all these good things that we have now as believers in Jesus Christ. God's blessing, grace, and peace to you. Have a wonderful day.